Hi, this is Carol Miller from iHeartRadio's Q1043 in New York City. On this podcast, we give you a taste of authentic local British radio with our good friends, presenters Nigel Pierce and Alan Thompson and their Groove Britain programs. This time, Nigel and Alan speak with Sandy Newman, lead vocalist for the legendary Scottish band Marmalade, on our UK radio podcast. Oh, there's a record we haven't heard since 1971, and it's very prophetic because the group was Tintin, but the record was called Toast and Marmalade for Tea. <laughs> now, we don't eat in the studio. I can hear a chuckle down the phone, so he's got the funny side. But here at Future Radio 107.8 and... Swindon 105.5 FM and, of course, uh, guest station um, Fantasy 97 FM in Devizes. And Carol Miller in New York. New York, yeah. Q104.3 FM. We like to serve up sometimes a very good course. I mean, you might not have toast and marmalade for tea, but we've definitely got marmalade on the air in the <laughs> shape of member sandy newman good morning sandy good morning how are you i'm fine yourself well yeah i'm great i'm, I'm sitting as instructed <laughs> I'm sitting comfortably. <laughs> what did you think of our very appropriate beginning for you yeah that did make me chuckle yeah i, I actually did wonder as soon as i heard it i wondered who it was i couldn't remember who did it but there you go Tintin. <laughs> The group was Tintin. Yeah. They were on the Polydor record label, and uh, right. they, they they had a hit record with that. And apparently, the demand for it as a novelty record outstripped the supply. And I understand they, right. so, they sold about forty thousand, and they didn't print any more. Oh, really? Um, it's a fantastic Lost sounding. Uh, mm. But I thought toast and marmalade for tea. I thought, what more could I do? I've I've got to put it in there. I've got to put it in there. So I hope you don't mind. Not at all. Not at all. Right, now, Alan was the man that got you together, so I'm going to pass you over to your colleague, your friend and cohort, whatever we call him here, Alan. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, thanks very okay, much, Okay, thanks. Yeah, and uh, Sandy, thanks for joining us on the programme. And can I just say, I've got a, something I wanted to ask you, but uh, can I just say to the folks out there, this man that's on the line now came all the way from South Wales to the radio station in Reading when I did the, fast, the, uh, the last uh, Golden Days programme that was, uh, was on in 19... Uh, when was it? Oh, frozen to death. 1987, I think it was. Uh, uh, early part of 1988. And Sandy actually drove all the way from uh, South Wales to Reading to be on the, the last programme. So, did I ever thank you for that at the time, Sandy? I don't think so, no. Well, let no, me thank you now, <laughs> yes. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about some of your later work uh, as well, but I wanted to ask you, um, before we play the first hit that was by, uh, by Marmalade, the early days for Scottish groups, if we go back to the era of uh, Junior Campbell and uh, Dean Ford, because, I mean, originally the group, uh, when it was first formed in Glasgow, was Dean Ford and the Gaylords, if, uh, if I remember rightly. But um, what was it like in the early days for Scottish group? There was an awful lot coming out of uh, Liverpool and Manchester at that time. Time. And was it that uh, Scotland sort of really wanted to find its own voice where music was concerned? I guess it, it was really. I mean, it was the 60s and it really did sort of shake things up quite considerably all over the country. But it was it was considered a, a large move to go south and, and play in England in these days for the bands in Scotland. Yeah. But that, I'm talking early 60s. But, you mm. know, actually Marmalade as Dean, as Dean Ford and the Gaylords were kind of the first acts ever to really do that and at the time they did that I was involved in a band called the Chris McClure section yeah. 
which was uh, Chris McClure was a an artist who had done the very first ever BBC pop show, which was called Stramash. Yes. And I was brought into that group as a, a replacement. I was brought in as the young blood, as they said. Yeah. And uh, that was really where I cut my teeth on, you know, travelling. And my, my very, very first gig, funnily enough, was all the way from Scotland. We rehearsed and rehearsed. And my first gig was down south in a, in a club called Pantiles yes. in Camberley. Good old Surrey. Good old Surrey. Yeah, what a what a way from Scotland. Uh, Scotland to Surrey. That's, that's but because right. uh, uh, you you took over later as uh, as lead vocalist, as it as it were, and we're going to play um, the version of Loving Things where you've actually got the lead vocal on it in just a second. But can I just ask oh, you? Right. I, I mean, were you um, sort of nervy about sort of taking over? Marmalade was a very established group at the time. You suddenly came in, took over as a lead vocalist at that time. Was it a very nervy sort of time for you? Actually, there's a little bit of history that, that not many people know. When I joined, there was actually, I was a guitarist and backing vocalist. Yeah. And we had this singer guy. Uh, but very quickly, we found out that it didn't work out. Not because his talent, just the, the nature of his, the nature of how he operated wasn't really what fell into the groups, to be honest. Mm. Uh, his name was Ricky Peebles, nice man. But it didn't work out. So we found ourselves in a situation very quickly where he couldn't actually make a gig. Uh, and it was one of the gigs in London. And I said to, it was Graham Knight and Alan Whitehead at the time, I said, look, oh, it was on the day, we've got the gig, let's just do it. He says, I'll, I'll, I'll cover as best as I can. Yeah. Because my role in bands as a youngster was always... It's kind of doing what I do now, if you like, standing in the middle and singing all these songs. <laughs> so, so that's exactly what happened. Um, we were then offered a tour in New Zealand. Uh, this was like early 1974. Yeah. And everybody wanted to do it except this singer guy. But as I say, things weren't working out. So we got in a guy called Charlie Smith, who had been in the Dream Police, uh, later to become... Well, well, the Dream Police's singer later to become him and Stuart later to become Average White Band. Yeah, uh, mm. it was all contemporaries of mine from Scotland. Uh, so I knew Charlie, the drummer, and he joined us on guitar because of his voice. And uh, we rehearsed on the airplane on the way to New Zealand, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the lineup that took us through to the hit record that fallen apart at the seams. Yeah, that was the lineup as 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 appeared on that record. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating story, but let's uh, now just, just jump back to the, the hit uh, from 1968, and this is where sure. you've actually taken lead vocals on this, and this is Loving Things. Right. That is absolutely beautiful. It's good to hear that again. Now, correct me either Sandy or Alan, was that 67, 68? 68. There you go, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Alan's beat you to it. Um, I didn't realise this was a pop quiz. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we don't do the... No, st- no prizes, sorry. No prizes. We don't do the start of a 10 and we haven't got any inflatable furniture. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> now... I, well, I don't think I need to know any more about you now, No, 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 no. That, uh, now, you may hear... Inflatables, indeed. You hear another laugh in there because... Uh, 
Earlier on today, we recorded a couple of shows with a legendary record producer, Richard Allen, and he's very kindly, because he's never worked with Marmalade, but he knows a little about them, he's decided to sit in. So Richard is the other laugh, and uh, I'd like him, I'd like, obviously, to introduce Richard to you, Sandy. This is a complete bonus. We never knew this was going to happen. But Richard, as with all your trademark, you know, um, history in producing recording etc you've never worked with marmalade but you are certainly aware of their product and their hit status weren't you absolutely i remember playing their songs when i was a mere dj (laughs) and that's uh you know it's 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 great i mean that's back when i was just a kid just starting out and it's now i can really appreciate all the technology that wasn't around then and you know you you had to be you, you you had to sing you had to play um the effects units, as Dave Mackay once said to me, I said, you know, when you get all this technology in the studio, what, what do you do for reverb and things like that? And he said, well, there was two settings, on and off. <laughs> <laughs> he said, and that's, that's all you had. But it's great listening to all that older stuff. You know, you, you can just appreciate it's just raw instruments and vocals. There's no, nothing's overproduced like it is today or squashed to levels which is now incoherent as a track it's just you know it's people who knew what they were doing who could play sing and write well that's an interesting point that uh, richard has, uh, has just brought up there uh, sandy i mean what do you think about the you know the latest sort of technologies and things because when marmalade were a hit making group in the 60s 70s and for that matter the 1980s uh, as well and of course you i should point out you're still on uh, on tour uh, in this day day and age but what do you think about the, the latest you know technology um you know has it sort of really taken the buzz out of the the industry what what do you think well, it's made it sort of more of a, a. It's made it more common in the sense. It's common in the sense that it, you don't need too much of a brain to be able to to do what you can do with technology. And mm. technology's moved so far now, you can actually, if you know what you're doing, you can emulate anything, really. Yeah. But it, you know that does not replace raw energy. That you know people. People of my generation certainly like the. We call it, you tend to call it old school now. You, you yeah. go in the studio, you got a decent engineer, you may have a producer depending, but you know, and, and you lay down the tracks, you perform together. I think that's one of the huge differences of being able to put a track together by yourself. And you know, there's, there's no inspiration, there's no moment as such. Mm. There's no moment in, 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 in a performance. Sense. I don't know if Richard would agree with that. I don't oh, know. absolutely. I mean, for me, I mean, you know, give me give me a great band with a bunch of microphones and a performance, and I would go for that over any amount of technology. Um, yes. you, you said it earlier on, Sandy, about emulating, and for me, um, that's all they do these days is emulate the real things. It's like all the old, the plugging reverbs, this plate, that plate, but mm. you put a real EMT plate in the picture. And it's it's yes. night and yeah. day. You can never emulate the real thing, and you never will be able no. to, no. you know. And like you said, it's it's for me, as it is with you and a lot of the old school. It's performance. It's as yeah. as yes. we said to Lenny on the last show. You know, 
it's it's all about that band performing and delivering yeah. that that magic. Well, Alan, you've yes. got a question because I've got a track that I want to explain to Sandy afterwards because uh, I want to go for my personal favourite now. Uh, it's one of the sort of mid-later tracks, so there's a cue. Alan, you got a question? Yeah, well, certainly. Uh, I mean, when you hear a track by the group, when you hear a track by Marmalade, it is uniquely Marmalade. Now, with regards to the harmonies, uh, Sandy, is this by design, as it were? Because, as I say, if you put a... I hope I don't sound patronising by saying If you put a record into the, uh, the pick-up into the groove, they are, when we've got 45s, uh, when you put uh, the, the record on, you instantly know it's a Marmalade track. Now, I think a lot of this has got to do with the harmonies. Now, am I right in assuming that? Well, I mean, Marmalade was, you know, as Dean Ford and the Gaylords was... It was always about the, the harmonies, really. There, there was the, there was a few things that came with the performance, live performance, was really energy, yeah. great harmonies, and the musicianship was really, really spectacular. And, you know, I was actually, a fan's maybe a bit strong, but I certainly loved what the early Marmalade did, mm. you know, even before the hit records, you know, mm. before one of the songs, I See the Rain, was really the kind of, it was kind of the, the direction the band could have gone in. Yeah. But in these days, you were signed to a record label, so you would get, you know, as loving things that you've just played. Sure, lovely song, but it actually wasn't what the band were really doing at the time live. You know, mm. it was mm. kind of... Interesting. It wasn't, I couldn't call it heavy, but it was it was quite, quite energetic and mm. strong guitar-driven stuff. Very uh, interesting. Mm. Fabulous vocals. Very, and the energy of the live was, was very was interesting. Else. Very interesting. Now yeah. I'm going to move forward to the early seventies. When I okay, first heard yes. this record, and I've been talking to Richard about it, this record jumped out of the radio um, to me, um, as opposed to everything else that was around at the time. Uh, I think this track has stayed. I know you made another track called "Reflections of My Life," which is an absolute standard. And we'll come on to that a bit later. But this sure. track came afterwards. And uh, to me, when I play it now, it still sends the shivers down the back of my neck because of the use of a certain instrument called a harmonica. Now, that should give you a clue from the song. Oh, gonna... yeah, yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. You're on, you're on the ball today, <laughs> Sandy. You're on the yeah. ball. So I'd like you, yeah. please, to sit back and listen to the real original recording of yeah. uh, Rainbow, which I myself have digitised up through my own equipment at home. And I'm very pleased to have done it. So here we go with the original Rainbow. You're listening to Future Radio 107.8 FM today with a Groove Britain special and also going out at uh, somewhere in the West Country, isn't it, Alan? That's right, somewhere, a place called Swindon, I believe. Uh, Swindon 105.5 FM, and of course our special guest station on this uh, occasion is uh, Fantasy uh, 97, and of course to the uh, podcast in New York, courtesy of... Carol Miller. (laughs) Now, I love that song, Sandy. I think, to me, that's as good as... Um, reflections because it's entirely different and I've got to ask you a question because I can tell you that our special guest was absolutely knocked out by that uh, by that song and we've all sort of said is there any chance that you might have a link into getting that reissued as a single oh <laughs> <laughs> because we all feel well, we, yeah, all, we yeah. all feel that that would go well today well 
maybe Richard could point us to a label and we'll do it. <laughs> but, I you think, know, hey, you've, you've got a, you've, you've got a great label, a, a great local label up in Scotland as well, haven't you? Um, I. Well, I'm, I'm I can't remember what it's I'm called. Not, I'm not in Scotland, Richard, so I'm, ah. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in deepest Berkshire. And, uh, <laughs> oh, right, OK. Yeah, yeah. But um, maybe we can but do... No, no, I mean, record labels, you know. Right. Uh, I have to be, you know, I'm to be brutally honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard it's slog, isn't it? That's gonna, it's really not something that's going to come our way in as, as, a, as a signed act anymore, you know what I mean? No. For the last... Goodness knows how many years I've been doing things more or less myself in, in that sense, you know. Um, and to to compete with, with current... I wouldn't even know to, where to start, to be perfectly honest. You know, so much online-driven everything these days. You know, it's a standalone record by the original Marmalade Rainbow is, is, a, is now owned by Universal, so if somebody wanted to put it out as a single... I would have thought Universal would have done it, you know. Funnily enough, we if were actually you were with me. we were wondering who was uh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, copyright holder of that, and I thought it would have probably yeah. been one of the biggies. Yeah, but it's a fantastic yeah, song. Yeah, well, the original, all the original recordings came back to the original guys that were in the band at the time underneath the deal. So none of that's actually anything to do with me anyway. I mean, over the years, uh, I, I, just because of the circumstance, I re-recorded an awful lot of things. Because because you could, which is what a lot of people do now. I mean, it's the same with John with Saint Elmo's Fire. Same thing, you know. I sure. think I think it's uh, I can't remember who owns that. Um, one of the big biggies over in the US, and he re- re-recorded, and you know, so it means yeah. that various sort of films and trailers and things it's been used, and it's his recording, which is great. Oh well, that's good for him. Yeah, that's good well, for him. What did you feel about Rainbow Sandy? Because I think it's a fantastic track. It is a fantastic track. Uh, at the time when I heard it, it blew me away because I just did. It had that magical sound. Well, and if I can tell you, all that is on that record is drums, bass, acoustic guitar, tambourine, and the vocals. That's all that's on Rainbow. There's nothing else. And the harmonica. No and the harmonica, of well, yeah, course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You, spot, you spotted it. <laughs> <laughs> Just what we were saying about the technology used, it was it was yeah. nice. You can really hear that plate reverb going with that harmonica as well. Lovely. Uh, okay, Alan. And also, you know, it followed up Reflections, which I don't mean this in any way detrimental because it's one of my favourite records of all time. Yeah, at the time, particularly. But, you know, it's it's what, what we in the industry may call is it's a kitchen sink, you know. It's mm. the band the yeah. band's track and then bring in the horns, bring in the strings, bring in everything, you know. Um, and again it's a classic record. I don't you know, I mean I I've remade that song several times in several compilations, mm. even with Junior and the some of the singing, some in the in the past. But you'll never recreate what was made at the time. No. You just will never recreate it. Well, you, you bring up so, an interesting point, Sandy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to in, inter- uh, no. interrupt you, but um, you touched on something earlier, which you've just actually said something about now, uh, about who's actually uh, who's actually singing and uh, can you reproduce that uh, sound. Now, re- reproducing the sounds on disc is is one thing. Um, when you, because I mean in the, in the studio, because you can take several takes at, uh, at getting sure. it right, so to speak, but if you're actually performing on stage, there's just the one opportunity to get it right or wrong. I mean, it must take a, a heck of a discipline to be able to do that, to be able to reproduce your sound live on stage. Now, Marmalade 
can do it because I've seen you perform, as you know, several times uh, live. Uh, your group or Marmalade as, uh, as a whole can actually do this, but just how much of a hard job is it to reproduce that sound on stage? It is actually quite a hard. It, it is quite a hard job because it very much depends on who's in the band. To be mm. honest, yeah. there's been a lot of different people through the years. Um, when Graham was there, which was now up in that's about ten years, Graham's been gone. So that was a tough one because it just when Graham and I sang together, okay, it was never it was never Dean Ford and Graham singing together, but. It, my voice was compared to his. Not, it was never a conscious thing about me trying to copy him, but the, the, my range of things was very, very similar anyway. And mm. we had a great blend, Graham and I. So the third part was always was always there, but some guys we had had in the band it was okay, others it was great. And then mm. as time's gone on, that I always consider it my my job. It's like I carry the ethic of what the marmalade should be. So if people join, you know, they think that they've heard the records, they come to the rehearsal, sort they of go, oh, it's, no, no, and I've always got to go, no, actually, no, it's not like that at all. It's like mm. this. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a task. But, you know, uh, for the last, long, well, a considerable amount of time, uh, my, actual, my son's been in the band as an extra member, yeah. uh, as and when, whatever he's doing, and that's now about nine years. So, mm. you know, my son, John James Newman, is an artist in his own right, and He's got a fa- fantastic voice. So when he's there, it's, it's actually very, very easy. But having said that, as in Forky's still, you know, our, our latest drummer is a great singer. Not a solo singer, but he's a great person for harmonies. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, as I say, as you asked the question, <laughs> there's, a, there's an ethic about the whole thing, and I do care massively about that. So, yeah. It's, takes, it, takes it does sound as if you're obviously you're not only an artist that cares you're an artist that knows what you're doing and is very proud of that now we're going to go back into the sandy mists of time and that wasn't a pun um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to play one of your earlier tracks again which I think again is vastly underrated so have a listen to this and remember okay. Marmalade, baby, make it soon. And uh, Sandy, I don't know what you're doing, but uh, you are educating today in a very nice way a record producer of some 30, 40 years standing because the first thing he said when he listened to that song, wow, harmonies and production. Yeah. yeah. That, was a tra- that was a traditional CBS, uh, Mike Smith producing, you know, he would bring in... That was the early days, Marmalade, that was... Pre- you were working under the corporate label, so Mike Smith, who was produced that record, uh, he would bring in the rhythm section of his choosing, and uh, Junior played a little bit of guitar licks on that, and the boys just sang on it because it was it was what it was. Yeah, it was no, it was it was great. All the uh, all the brass there, like you say, all all them songs. I mean, right. for me, it's you know you, you you can throw anything at a song, but then. Yeah. You put the right arrangement to the song, and it becomes a whole new song. That was fabulous. That's I enjoyed exactly that. Right. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's also a link. It's a link to the seventies because it was just it was written by Tony McCauley, Baby Nicholson, mm. and it was Tony that gave us uh, "Falling Apart at the Seams" in nineteen seventy-six. So that was quite a quite a link. 
Well, because Macaulay is a, is a name synonymous with yep. uh, with popular music uh, in the, shall we say, the baby boomer era. Can I just ask you from a personal point of view, uh, Sandy, what about influences? I mean, for example, when the, the, the original group covered a Beatles song that became a number one hit over Christmas 1968, Over the Dark, that was a gift of sorts, I suppose. But influences on, on yourself, who would you say were your greatest in, influence or influences in the plural? As a youngster, yeah. you know, uh, I was in one of these situations, family-wise, from uh, an elder brother who was just five and a half years older than me. So mm. I kind of got a lot of, there was a lot of music played in our house, you know, there was all mm. sorts of stuff. But when the shadowsy thing came along, and when I heard, I, I would hear records that were not my generation because there's two elder sisters and an elder brother. So that was, that was the... The spoiled brat, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> but all of that stuff stuck with me, you know. Yeah. I, I can still remember my brother bringing in a 78 of Little Richard. And it, it was one of these things that, even as young as I was, I, I remember it sounded as if it was leaping out of the radiogram. You know? Yeah, sure. It's just that huge excitement thing. And, and all his friends and Buddy Holly. And yeah. But my influences when I was, was definitely the shadows. And then unquestionably the Beatles yeah, you know. so, yeah certainly I, I just I, took, took me on another journey I mean yeah. I like I like a lot the yeah. whole 60s thing of Stones Stones a little bit then but you know things like the small faces and Spencer Davis group and young young wow. Steve, I mean boy that's the one era still, now. Yeah. These, these, these records still get me you know oh, great. Yeah. well we'll have to do a programme on those Sandy we, we're sadly drawing to a close we did want to play a track by yourself because uh, you had the album Golden Years out we're going to play the title track oh, in just right. a second so yeah, uh, yeah. can I just say before we we go thank you very much uh, for joining us today and I think that goes the same for uh, for Nigel and uh, for Richard absolutely it's a pleasure and, uh, a pleasure. and uh, very thank you thank you very much for coming on to the show today Sandy and maybe we can get you back again because I think you've got a bit another story to tell about the catalogue. And, and, uh, oh, I could bore you to tears. Uh, no, you're not. We like it here on Groove Britain. But uh, from our special guest, Richard, as well, who decided to stay on, uh, have you enjoyed Great. today? Um, absolutely fantastic. I've loved it. Always a Thank pleasure. And Thank you. Nice to, nice, to, nice to speak to you over the airwaves, Richard. <laughs> in, in, indeed. If, if ever you uh, decide to do anything live on a recording, Sandy, then give me a shout. <laughs> What part it, of the country are you, actually? Um, I'm actually based in Lancaster, but I, I tour a lot okay. because I'm also a live engineer, so I'm all over the country. Right, OK. Well, we'll try and put you two together because uh, time is drawing to a close. Sandy, thank you very much indeed, and we'll finish with your lovely solo track. Thank you very much. You. Have a nice day. Thank we'll you call you again. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Fabulous. That was Nigel Pierce along with Alan Thompson doing some reminiscing and keeping us up to date with Sandy Newman of Scotland's band Marmalade as part of the Groove Britain program series. You can hear Nigel, Alan Thompson and their programs on futureradio.co.uk at 3 p.m. GMT on Sundays and at other times on Community Radio Swindon and Radio Stockton. Check their websites for times. And you can hear more authentic local British radio next time, right here on our UK radio podcast. U.S. production by Paul Logos for PLX Mastering. 
And this is iHeartRadio's Carol Miller from Q1043 in New York. See you next time here on UK Radio.